Welcome to Lightning Rounds, a podcast about how the Bible, culture, and life all intersect. And in this podcast, you, the listener, get to ask honest questions, and we, your hosts, get the privilege of responding to them. choose the word respond and not answer because I know that we don't always have the answers <laughs> to every question. And that's okay. <laughs> right, so. so we just respond with um, affirmations. Mm, 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 mm. Good question. That was a great question. Yes. One with many possible answers. <laughs> we go a number of routes. <laughs> um, but my name's Zach. I'm one of the hosts. And also we have... I'm Andrew. Andrew. Andrew, how you doing? You, you know, uh, I'm standing up. Well, not right now. I'm sitting down, but I'm alive, and my mustache grew back, so I'm doing good. I'm doing good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. And everyone listening, we greet you from the humble basement that is our children's ministry at church. It's where we record all of our lightning round episodes down here. We've got a cool little lamp. We got some coffee, which. Andrew poured yeah. and made from a mysterious plastic bag. Oh. I don't even know where it came from. It's already... like <laughs> we're just going for it. Laces? It's kind of scary. I don't know if I trust plastic. I don't know that. It's uh. laced with uh, <laughs> Colombian black beans. Oh, that's it's like pinto. <laughs> yes, but um, we're recording down here. We're super stoked to do these. And today's special guest we have Josiah Erickson on. The Lightning Rounds podcast with us. Joe, why don't you say hi to everyone? Hello, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, what do you do here and who do you think you are? Oh, man. <laughs> well, I'm Joe. I think I'm Joe. You can call me Joe. Uh, and I get to lead the junior high youth group. Um, been able to do that since July when I took over for Chris Wimberly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been in the ministry as far as serving the Lord in this like capacity uh, for about three years. Uh, I started, or a little more than three years. I started in Maui uh, doing bivocational work for our junior high, which became junior high and high school, which was rad to, to witness. Went to CBI. God called us from Maui to go to the desert and then went to CBI. And now the door opened uh, to serve here. So that's what I do. And I, that's who I think I am. <laughs> Joe. Youth pastor. That's good. That's so. who I think I am. I like that. That's good. One other question. Where do you get off? Um, Camino Las Ramblas. Nice. Nice. That's your exit? Is that your exit? I think so. Nice. Not sure anymore. Yeah. Please interrogative questions. And last question. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Um, right now, uh, my family and I have been watching The Home Alones. Oh. So Home Alone so 1, Home good. Alone 2, that's always a good Christmas movie. And my son, my daughter, and my youngest son are uh, like appreciating the the humor of it. Before they got kind of scared because of Marvin Harry. Mm. <laughs> the they, Wet Bandits. They chase him, the, the Wet Bandits and then the Sticky Bandits. So they'd get kind of scared in those moments, but now we're able to watch the whole movie without any screams. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, that's, yeah, Home Alone. That's a great movie. Those are good yeah. Ones. Well, we record this on, uh, today is December 3rd. I don't know when you guys are going to be listening to this, but Christmas is 
season is is finally upon us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys excited? You ready for Christmas? Yes. Did it come too quick? Does it, it feel like it it's always, July right now? It always comes too quick. I feel yeah. like there's an eight-month period of this year that has become a vortex of <laughs> of nothingness. Of hopes and yeah. dreams. Yeah, we're just sucked everything into it, and you're like, oh, yeah, hey, by the way, it's the end of the year, and I just wasted a whole year of my life. Yep. So, yeah. But no, other than that, doing yeah. great. It's like, what else could go wrong? <laughs> I don't know. What else can we squeeze in this last month of? Hmm. Uh, how about a natural disaster? Let's throw that in there. There's a fire right over the hill. That's true. So that's oh cool. My Gosh, man. That's true. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about you guys, but um, we set up our Christmas decorations a lot sooner than we normally do. <laughs> I'm kind of one of those guys that like I have to wait until the end of Thanksgiving mm-hmm. to start. You know, not that I'm like super bah humbug about it, but but this year I'm like, we need a win. 2020 needs a win. <laughs> right. So we set up our lights like before Thanksgiving. Nice. We set up everything and just started blasting the music and, and just going for it. I don't know about you guys, but you guys have Christmas lights up? You guys uh, all about we it? Have, or? We have about five Christmas decorations <laughs> nice. in our collection because we moved That's here right. without anything. Yeah. So we've been slowly like accumulating the, the Christmas ornaments and those are on a shelf that I just recently hung up. And then, uh, <laughs> Two words. Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. I gotta take my wife there. Sounds oh, great. Gosh. No, she'll no, take no. you there. That's what oh. it is. You don't take your wife. She takes you there. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And you push the cart. And I will gladly push the and cart. <laughs> they're always really small carts. I know. They're, they're so like, tiny. Why are they so tiny? They're the smallest carts. It doesn't make any sense because their stuff is huge. Yes. Is it so kind of like, like Michael's? It's like Michael's got a bleach injection in his neck <laughs> and then turned into the Hulk. And it's like, yeah. And wow. then every so every Christian bookstore just like threw up everywhere yes. in it. It's really cool. It's pretty oh, awesome. You'll enjoy it. That's good. I used to work at Michael's. The only thing that makes it better is if <laughs> you, you can get appreciate a store like that. The only thing that makes Hobby Lobby better is if you get Chick-fil-A right after. Yeah. You're done. yeah so don't go on a Sunday to Hobby Lobby. Yeah. No. That'll just throw that'll it just wreck no, everything. It ruins just, the whole experience. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, Christmas is here, and I can't wait for it personally. I'm just super stoked that Christmas season is, is here. We need that win. We need that joy. And so... As we go on in this Lightning Rounds podcast for our segment of the day, of the talk, I have a, a little game that I'm going to throw to you guys <coughs> on Christmas movies. Nice. All right? And Let's so this. this segment's called Name That Christmas Movie. All right? There's some okay. great Christmas movies out there. We can talk about for hours and quotes from them. They're so, such good movies. <laughs> such good movies. But... The way this segment's going to roll is I'm going to read a quote, and you guys have to figure out which Christmas movie that quote belongs to. Okay. And so you, the listener, too, maybe you're, you want to play with us, too. Go ahead. Come on. We'll, <laughs> we'll uh, invite you into it, even though you're not here. And yeah. this is well, technically, we've technically already we've you. already beaten you because yeah. you have no voice. You, <laughs> you just have your ears. We, we win, but you're welcome to play. But you can shout huzzah <laughs> in your car or... Yeah. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to this. <laughs> Where do you think most of our listeners listen to this? I'm going to say the car or the bathroom. The bathroom. I was gonna say, that was number two. That was number two. Ah! <laughs> hey, <I> oh. <laughs> All right, let's go. Name that Christmas movie. All right, here's All right. the first quote, guys, okay? Okay. First quote, 
We're going to start a little bit easy. Okay, All right, thank you. So this quote reads, every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Mm. Yeah. Do you, know, do you want to go, Jim? I have no idea. I'm going to go, it's a wonderful life. What is? You have to say what is. What this is, is, this is this it's is for, a wonderful life. For uh, Trebek right here, I miss you, man. <laughs> Shut up. Pour one out. <laughs> Pour oh. some coffee. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life. That's a great movie. Good job. Was that correct? Yeah, that you're right. correct. Booyah. As Super. Did you know that... Have you ever seen that movie? I don't think so. Oh, man. It makes me cry every time. It's a great it's movie. Sad? It's one of those cries where you're like, I appreciate what's being said. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where you're like... It has a good lesson to it. You're right. You're right, George. You're right, George Banks. <laughs> George Bailey. 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 George, 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 George Banks. George Banks. That's, that's, that's for a father of the bride. My bad. My bad. Come on, Mr. Bunks. George, Mr. Bunks. <laughs> I am removing <laughs> the superfluous sponge. <laughs> My bad, George Bailey. George Bailey. Keep me on track there. George man. Bailey and Clarence. That's a good one. <laughs> it's a wonderful life. All right, here's our quote number two. All right. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Ooh, Home Alones. Which one? One? Mm. Ah. Two. Two. Ah. Home Alone yeah, 2. Yeah. yeah. I... I no. It's, it's, <laughs> we just recently saw the first one. So. Yeah. You're new. Yeah. It's okay. Thank Do you guys okay. know the name of that movie that Kevin watches that that quote comes from? Uh, it's called Angels with Even Filthier Souls. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> That's it. That's it. In the first one, he says, keep the change. Oh, keep the change. Yeah, the right. animal. Okay. And the second one, he says, Merry Christmas. There you go. The there animal. you go. All right. All right. Number three. Here's this quote. This one says... This place reminds me of Santa's workshop, except it smells like mushrooms and everyone looks like they want to hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> I know that one. That's Elf. That's Elf, when he's yeah. in the letter room. <laughs> he's in the post office. Yeah, the, the mail room. <laughs> <laughs> the letter room. The letter room. That's where they have the letters. That one's so good. <laughs> that's where they have the letters. In the letter room. Interesting. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Elf. This one's a little bit more difficult. I don't know. Let's see if you guys get this one. Here's number four. Quote number four says, I suppose it all started with snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow that made the happy happier and the giddy even giddier. Mm. Ooh. Some clues say, in there. I don't know why, but I feel like it's a Gilmore Girls type thing. Oh. But. <laughs> Sounds like a Hallmark intro. Snow, snow. Say it one more time. Can we get that one more time? Yes. Yeah. I suppose it all started with the snow. You see, it was a very special kind of snow. A snow that made the happy happier and the giddy even giddier. Hmm. That's a funny word, giddy. 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 Sorry, just thinking that. Just, giddy up. Giddy, giddy, giddy up. <laughs> it's giddy a Western in? term. Giddy. It's from the West. <laughs> its roots are from the West. Well, if we define the word, can you use it in a sentence? It started with snow. A special kind of snow. Is it the root? It's not like the old Rudolph. One. Is it the Rudolph ones? The claymations? You're close. You're close. I mean, it's in that range, though. It's in that range. I'm gonna give it to you guys. Okay. It's Frosty the Snowman. Oh, oh. man! Of course, snow. Snow. He because he up. came from a special kind of snow. Exactly. <sighs> the kind of snow that makes the giddy even giddy. <laughs> that's what. That's what Frosty did. He was just rolled up one day. He just rolled up, literally. Snowballs. I was rolled up one day and left out here in the cold. Wow. Man. All right, coming around the corner to the last ones here. Here's quote number five. Put that cookie down now. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> I don't know this the title of the movie. All right. I know which one that is. This is Jingle All the Way. Jingle That's All right. the Way. <laughs> one That's of the right. greatest Christmas movies ever made. Oh yes. <laughs> the good old Ar- Arnie. Oh man, I laughed, I cried. It's a good one. And I cried again. And <laughs> we wept. <laughs> we wept. When they hug and embrace at the end. What is the action figure called? Turbo Man. Turbo, Turbo like, I Man. I am Turbo Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My dad is... Yeah, it's really heartwarming. <laughs> oh, so good. I love that one. With Sinbad, too? I was going to say my favorite character was the postman guy. Yeah. The letter yeah. man? Yeah, the letter man. <laughs> the letter man. Where the letters go? <laughs> the man who has the letters. Yes. Where he oh. fakes the bomb with the... That was great. Yeah. It's, a sick <laughs> world. it's a sick world we live in. It's a sick world. Because it really was a bomb, right? Yeah, because it really oh, was. Man. Yeah. All right. Find that movie. Here we go. Number six. This quote says, "Blast this Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant." Mm. Scrooge sounds like Scrooge. Grinch. The Grinch. The Grinch. Yes. Yeah. One of the. The Grinch. The Grinch. Grinch. Formerly antagonist, then they turned protagonist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another movie good... always confused me. Yeah. Do you ever find? I the love gospel? the Grinch. So the, the gospel. I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you said? Yeah. The, find the gospel and the Grinch? Yeah, there's like theology and film. You know, you're like trying to find the, the gospel thread through it all. I've heard, I've heard those, especially the Home Alones. Uh, yeah. Somebody I worked for one day who was like, no, it's the, I love those movies because it's all gospel. <laughs> like, whoa, really? Right on, man. Especially when the part when Kevin shaves and puts the aftershave on, you're oh, like, that is the result of sin, obviously. True. That wouldn't yeah. have oh, happened. Y- yes. <laughs> Or when his grocery bags break. I mean, yeah. that wouldn't have happened in a perfect world. No, it's true. <sighs> it's deep. It's so deep. good. All right, moving on to the last two. Here we go. This quote reads, Rats, nobody sent me a Christmas card today. I almost wish there weren't a holiday season. I know nobody likes me. Why do we have to ho- have a holiday season to emphasize it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor guy. I can relate to him. Sometimes. Charlie Brown. <laughs> yes. Go. Charlie, Poor good guy. old Charlie Brown. So depressing. I love that one. That one probably is the most gospel-centered Christmas yeah. Christmas movie. I like I when Linus, so. Linus just lays it down. Okay. I know. I like when they sing and they Reverend Linus. <laughs> you just see their mouth. It's just like the outline yeah. of the yeah. nose. And then, yeah, they're going for it. Yeah. That's how we should all praise God. I Amen. Eyes to the up. heavens. Yeah. Maybe at Charlie Brown worship night where everyone just <laughs> looks directly up at the ceiling. You tape the back of your head to the to your back. And then you just, <laughs> just automatically in that position. <laughs> so good. All right, last one. Here we to close it off, name that Christmas movie. This quote says, Fragile must be Italian. Fragile. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Fragile. It's beautiful. Fragile. Andrew knows. Maybe it's a bowling alley. <laughs> That is the Christmas story. Yes. Mm. Christmas story. You'll Ralphie. shoot your eye out, kid. That's a great one. It was on repeat every year on TNT. It'd be on all day. Just plays all day. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> loved it. Plays all uh, day. You know what? You have restored the joy of the Christmas season for yeah. me. <laughs> I, I feel, feel, like there's some I feel movies reborn. I, yeah. I hope you do. I there's hope definitely you do. some movies I need to go watch now. Yeah, there's a couple. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out on the Christmas season You are. Somehow. Yeah. And not knowing these By sitting in your house and binge watching Christmas movies. Yeah. Let's Maybe we'll that. have to just make like a Christmas guide on our Instagram, like Christmas movies. Yeah. Gospel-centered Christmas movies. <laughs> Find the theology in the Christmas we'll story. Okay. I like that. I like it. <laughs> we'll quiz you at the end of it. Come on. All right, now we're moving on into our honest questions. 
And this is the segment where, like we said before, you listener, these are questions that you guys sent in to us through via our Instagram. And we're so grateful for all the questions we got. We're going to highlight three of them uh, today. And um, yeah, we're going to dive into them. You guys ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think so. Uh, <laughs> That's, we'll why I said, that's why I said we're just going to respond. We respond. <laughs> These aren't hard and fast answers, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, we don't have the answers to everything, okay? so Especially yes. if they're wrong. They're definitely not the answer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Question number one. A listener asks, what is the difference between struggling in sin and living in sin? Mm. I'm going to let our esteemed guest go first. Okay. Well... <clears throat> I don't even know where to begin. I feel like the beginning to that, to the respond to that question is understanding like a Christian doesn't struggle with sin. A Christian needs to fight against sin. If a, a Christian is struggling with sin, it's like you're already on your way to becoming the Christian who lives with sin. And uh, so I think understanding like where this person was coming from is important to note. If you're struggling with sin, you're on your way to living with sin. But if you're fighting with sin, that's that's really where um, like my response goes towards because we weren't given a, a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind and understanding that the fight that we have to engage in every single day goes into that aspect of fighting fighting against sin mm-hmm. like understanding what sin is what the temptation is and reckoning that old life that Jesus died to free you from dead so that you can like effectively like win the battle every single day. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, when I hear that word struggle, I do think about fighting. Um, I think you can correlate the two. You know, if I were to fight Andrew, that would be a struggle for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know if it would be much of a struggle, but there'd be a little bit of struggling from my end, at least. (laughs) It'd be a struggle. Um, but I, I, I do, I, I think I understand, I can understand where the, where the, the listener asked this question, the line that they're trying to, or, or the sides that they're trying to, to tell between yeah. the two, because I think sometimes as a Christian, we can kind of fall under this trap of, am I supposed to live a perfect life? Mm-hmm. It, it, if I'm a Christian and I'm still, I sin. Does that mean I'm still a Christian? You know, right. does me the fact that I fall into sin or, the, or I trip up into sin, you know, I, and I think that's kind of where this question is getting at. Yeah. And I think there is a difference between struggling in it and living in it. For sure. Um, For sure. You know, and I think the fact that you're struggling shows that there's life. The Spirit is, is doing a work in us. And, um, and I, you know, a pastor, uh, a good pastor, a friend of mine back in Texas, would always say this, um, that as Christians, we're, we're not called to be sinless, but we are called to sin less. Yeah. You know? And so I, I think we will only experience perfection on the other side of glory. But on this side, we deal with sin. You know, And when I look at the Bible, it brings me great comfort because I look at some of these guys. You look throughout the Old Testament mm-hmm. and you see these guys that God used, these people, men and women that God used they were sinners. Yeah. They were pretty messed up. And, you know, probably the most holy of all, the ones there besides Jesus, you know, I can think of in the Bible is Paul, For sure. the apostle, right? But look what Paul writes here. And I wrote this verse down in, in Romans seven eighteen through 20. Paul, look what Paul says here. Paul says, For I know that nothing good dwells in me that is in my flesh. 
for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but instead I do the evil I do not want to do. Now if I do what I do not want, it's no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. And to me that just, like, that brings me such great encouragement because, I mean, even what we might think is the most righteous Christian, yeah. you know, in the history of of Christendom, Paul the Apostle, he struggled with sin. Yeah. He fought it. He struggled with it. And so I think as a Christian, you can struggle for sure with sin. You can trip into it. Um, we do every day in the sense that we're sinners. It's just we live in a fallen world. Yeah. We deal, like you're saying, Joe, we fight against the sin nature. But... You know, what maybe what what do you guys think it is what does it mean then to live in sin? I think what, living in sin would would be knowing you know very well that what you're doing is wrong. But you've become your own judge and said, well like it, I don't think it really matters. I don't think mm-hmm. that this is wrong. Like because of this is what I want to do and so I don't think it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, people who live together before they're married or whatever, they're like, "Hey, you know, this makes sense for us." And the whole while they're ignoring what scripture says. And so you're living in sin. And I think there's a willful, um, a willful disobedience, my mom used to call it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like where it's like, I know the right thing to do. I don't want to do it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. And yeah. I'm going to continue to live how I want. I would say that's living in sin. Uh, whereas someone who knows what's wrong, but, but, commit sin, but then comes up and says, like, I, you know, I repent. I'm sorry. God, forgive me my sin. And I'm going to turn and repent and try not to do that again in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That's different. That's different than someone who's willfully disobeying God sure. and just kind of doing what they want to do um, and saying, uh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I think that would, that would be living in sin, yeah. um, knowing full well that you shouldn't be doing that. I think it's marked by <clears throat> a lifestyle. Yeah. Is, is yeah. your life marked yeah. by this sin? Yeah. By sin? Is it, you know, has it become a lifestyle in you where it's mm-hmm. defining, yeah. you know, your day, your, who you are as a person? Yep. You know, I think that, that, that is a good indicator, like you were saying, Andrew, of, yeah. of what it means to live in sin. Mm-hmm. I think John, 1 John chapter 3, verse 4 says, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. He says, you know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning, and no one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. And I think what John's making the, the point is that people were living how they wanted to live um, and saying, like, oh, yeah, I know God. Like, I'm a Christian. I know, I know the Lord. And he's like, but you're, you're living in sin. And you're practicing. And mm. practicing is in order to get better at something, right? <laughs> yeah. So those of you that are practicing your sin to get really good at it and to continue to live in it, like he's, he's saying you're mistaken and you're deceived if you think that that's what it is to walk with Jesus, is to have Christ as like a supplement or a vitamin to your life. Mm. And you can just have all the other junk that you want to just continue to live in. And that's why Jesus said the, the road to destruction is broad. But the path to, to life is a narrow path. It's a narrow road because the junk from your life can't fit on that road. Hmm. Like you have to let that stuff go. Like it that. has to fall away yeah. in order to stay on the narrow path. I think sometimes we're just deceived. Like God doesn't care. Or this doesn't matter. This isn't going to affect my life in the long run. It's not harming anyone else. Like, so what's the big deal? 
it's harming you and you're living in sin and it's robbing you of knowing God in a, in a fuller sense and knowing mm-hmm. him more closely, you know, sin impedes your progress with, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so the more you feed that sin, the more it's going to grow and eventually it will consume you. It'll kill you. Yeah. It'll destroy you. So yeah. don't be deceived, man. Living in sin is, is really destructive. Um, maybe not now, but later. And then, um, but those of you that are concerned, like, I think if you're concerned, then that's the key. Like, yes. if you're like, man, I don't want to do this anymore, then you're on the right road and you're yes. on the right yeah. path. Yes. Totally. If you don't care and you're not concerned and you're not, um, you don't feel any conviction, then I would be worried. Yeah. yeah. Then that's, that's something serious. Yeah. There's a, a verse in First Timothy chapter 4 that I thought I think fits really well with what you're talking about. It says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. And then he goes on to just explain like some of the things that those people who were doing that were uh, the practices that they were doing. And it says like they're forbidding to marry, commanding to abstain from foods which God created to be received, like putting a, almost a self-righteous like doctrine commanded by men. Mm-hmm. But in our day and age, it's like rather than like those strict things that those people were commanding other people to do and having their own conscience seared, the world is teaching like no you like you have the liberty to just do whatever you want mm-hmm. where the bible like expressly says no those things lead to sin and death mm-hmm. and like it's not a, a, a liberty to do those things it's a liberty to to not do those things and i think to live with sin is is like what you said andrew just to not care to yeah. sin and not care yeah. and you know like there have been aspects of my own life where i felt like almost apathetic to whether or not i was in the battle or not like, sure, I wasn't, like, outwardly lying or outwardly doing sinful things, but in my heart, I just could care less whether or not I was doing those things. And I think that's a very dangerous spot for a lot of Christians to be in, just to not even reckon, like, there's a fight to be had. Mm-hmm. And be able to, to know, like, you know, like, there's a fight against my, my sinful nature and not to yeah. give any provision for the flesh means I'm taking the steps to, to walk away and around those things yes. that I know are going to be sinful. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Struggling with sin versus living in sin. Yeah, and, and the Spirit is does a great job. I mean, if you're a Christian, you're filled with the Spirit. You have the Spirit living inside of you. Mm-hmm. And one of His jobs is to convict the world of sin and to convict us of, of sin, you know. And I think it's, for a Christian, we go through these seasons of, like, of temptation and testing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, some people might even say, like, well, God allowed this situation to to happen in my life so i mean of course i fell into it or you know like they'll they'll kind of like use the try to reason with it and i think we kind of have a wrong understanding of of that because as a christian you know i think you can get tempted and you can get tested you know um i think temptation comes from the enemy Mm -hmm. and temptation the enemy uses it to see you fail to see you fall into it like you're saying andrew to see death grow out of it in your life he uses temptation that way, like he did with Eve in the garden and Adam. But God, I think God also allows testing right. in our life. Um, but like 1 Corinthians uh, ten thirteen says, he provides a way of escape, though. Yeah. Yeah. And he, right. his desire is not to see us fail, but he, his desire is to see us pass and to grow into maturity, just like a teacher. I mean, it's the reason why... You know, some of us who might be listening, you, you're going to school. In order to pass to the, you know, the class, you need to 
pass a test. You need to, and, and the purpose of the test, the teacher doesn't give you the test to see you fail and to watch you suffer and be like, ha, yeah, now you're stuck with me for another semester, you know, falling asleep in the back of my class. No, I mean, hopefully their desire is to see you succeed. And I think that's what it is with the Lord. The Lord allows certain things, you know, um, in our life to see us succeed, to see us be victorious because the victory has been given in Jesus. Mm -hmm. There is therefore no condemnation for us who stand in Christ. And so the victory is given to us, but sometimes we have to walk into it. We have to walk in that victory. We have to live in that um, and choose that way. Yeah. of escape yeah. yeah there's personal responsibility yes that's it yeah there's there's personal responsibility and that's where <clears throat> all of us like god has provided everything for us and but that means we still have a free will and we still have a choice we still get to choose whether or not to walk in life or we get to walk according to the course of this world there's still yeah. a choice that we have to make and um but I do think the wonderful side of it is that there's so much grace Amen. Yeah. that's been given to us too. Yes. Where those of you, you know, if you fall into sin, don't don't sit there and be condemned in it. Repent, ask for forgiveness, and rejoice in the grace of God that yeah, yeah your sin is washed away. It's mm-hmm. it's as far as he's from the West. He doesn't remember it anymore. He's not the one who condemns you. Um, you know, we have that wonderful grace and we don't want to abuse that. Like yes. I don't want to yeah. make uh, the cross uh, a mockery of the cross of Christ. I want to, you know, from a place of love and thankfulness, I want to walk yeah. with Jesus. So, but yeah, we have a choice. There's personal responsibility. I think you guys made made that point already. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a verse to go along with that. It's from Ephesians chapter 5. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. Mm-hmm. And I think that goes along with with a lot of like yeah. that, what you were talking about, the responsibility we have. We need to allow what Jesus has done for us. He's washed us. He's cleansed us. Yeah. But also we need to allow that light to expose those inner things of our heart that we would rather just keep hidden in the dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? If yeah. we're going to continue and we're going to fight the fight and we're going to continue to be sanctified, we need to mm-hmm. allow Jesus to bring up those things that we would rather remain comfortable and not have to expose them. Yeah. And then also James 4.17 says, Therefore to him who knows to do good and does not do it to him it is sin. I think for like the growing Christian, like that's an awesome verse of exhortation. Yeah. Just like you're no longer held to like the thou shalt nots. Like Jesus pushes us into this relationship of, Thou you shall go do, you yeah. know, in a sense. Like, go do that. Go yeah. do that. Can, like, can you say that one more time? Thou I you shall go. Thou shalt you now great. go do. Shall now go do. Like he puts us into this positive relationship with him where now he's leading us and directing us to go do those things. Yeah. And like like what uh, both of you are saying, the responsibility we have, we have that amazing opportunity to say like, no, I know to go down that direction or to sit down and do this on my phone or to do that on my phone or to be alone in the dark, like all these things. Like, I know that that's dangerous for me. I'm, I know what the end game is if I put myself into that situation. Mm-hmm. So instead I'm going to go do the opposite. I'm going to go pick up my Bible. I'm going to go hang out with my Christian friends. I'm going to make sure that I'm at church being exhorted and filled with the spirit. Yeah. And you know, like that was, that was something that radically like changed my relationship with Jesus. Like that verse in particular, that's that's like one of my life verses because what it teaches me is that 
I should never feel like I'm tempted by the Lord. I'm tempted by my own yes. lust of my yes. own flesh. Yeah. And that leads that will lead me astray. I never need to know yeah. or I never need to reckon like my old life like permissible. Yeah. I need to reckon my own life dead and allow Jesus to, to lead me on. Yeah. And that happens by Yeah. And Jesus is so faithful to to lead us on because he is our example mm-hmm. of what it looks like to live a life surrendered to God and um, walking in the Spirit. Um, I love how um, Hebrews chapter 4, talking about Jesus as our high priest, he says in verse 15, he says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, like where we fall into sin and where we trip up. But look at this, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are yet without sin. So he experienced it all so he can sympathize with your weakness. Maybe you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'm, is this wrong? Like I'm struggling, like I'm struggling, I'm fighting against it. Like Jesus can sympathize with your weakness in that because he was tempted and he was tested. And the next verse just exhorts us in that and says, so therefore let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And so that's where we run to. Yes, we struggle with sin as a Christian. Yes, we're not perfect. We know the church isn't meant to be, you know, a museum of monuments of these perfect people, but it's a hospital with sick people, you know, and Jesus, and the beautiful thing is that that's who Jesus came to save. He, Jesus is came for the sinner for and so i mean so jesus is there with compassion with empathy with pity towards us to help us in our weakness because he in all respects lived that out yep i agree i like it so there is a difference there is a difference there is a difference big difference Yeah. yeah for sure so do the second one no. Don't do the, first do the second one. one. Do the second one. First one, not the fight second one. Fight against it. Struggle yeah, with it. Yeah, fight it. Yeah. Defeat it. <laughs> Great. Wrestle it down. Well, that goes into our next question really well. Um, our next question, a listener asks, what do you make of Mark 3, 29, which identifies blasphemy against the Holy Spirit as unforgivable. So we're talking about sin in the first one, what it looks like to struggle with sin, what it looks like to live in sin. And this next question goes on in Mark 3:29. Jesus identifies blasphemy against the Holy Spirit as the one sin that is unforgivable. Wow. Nice. The unforgivable sin. Yeah, so I'm not going to want to do that one. I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I don't want to be is not it? What is it? What is What is it? What does that mean? Well, I think you have to look at who he's talking to and what's happening. Mm-hmm. So he's talking yeah. to the Pharisees here. Jesus just cast out a demon in their presence. I mean, they saw what Jesus did, and they said that he's of Satan. Like, obviously, the only way he could do this is because he's the commander of demons, and so the demons listen to him and... So the sin that's here um, is describing a sin of unbelief, right? Mm-hmm. Saying that Jesus has a demon uh, or demon possessed, which, you know, I don't think any of us are doing that today. We're not like saying like Jesus is demon possessed. But when you look at it, Matthew 12, which is the other reference of it, Matthew 12, uh, verse 31, Jesus says, therefore, I say to you, every sin of, and blasphemy will be forgiven men. But the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven men. Anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But he, or but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit, 
it will not be forgiven him, either in this age or the age to come. So I think what Jesus is, is describing here, the sin of, of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is to, with your dying breath, it's the sin of unbelief. Mm-hmm. The Holy Spirit is in the world drawing men unto himself, mm-hmm. pointing people to Jesus, convicting them of sin. They all have the, these common graces that point us to God uh, in order that people would see Jesus and come to salvation. Like that's the, the, the work of the Holy Spirit is to draw men unto the Lord and point them to the Lord. So a continual rejection of that is to blaspheme his existence and to say no to him. And, and that sin is unforgivable. Mm-hmm. It's the one thing that will send you to hell is to say that there is no God and to blaspheme that draw on, uh, of the Holy Spirit to say no, mm-hmm. to say no to the Holy Spirit. It's the one thing that will send you to hell. God doesn't send sinners to hell. Your sin, unforgiven by the mercy of God, sends you to hell. So um, continual unbelief in, in who Jesus is will... That's unforgivable. Yeah. It's just the, it's denying the, the provision of salvation. It's denying the way in which God has provided salvation. It's blasphemy. Yeah. And I think that's good that you brought that up. It's good to whenever you come into a you, you come to a verse that you're unsure of and you're like, what does he mean? What is, mm-hmm. Always, I mean, you should do this always when you study the Bible. Let's get context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Figure out, I mean, and I like that you brought that up, Andrew, that you got to remember who he was talking to. He's talking to these Pharisees. They're saying he was of Satan. And Jesus was doing all of these works openly. He was mm. performing miracles, and he was preaching the good news of salvation. And he was preaching the truth. And they were witnessing the message and the miracle that was confirming the message, mm-hmm. and they were denying it in its face. Right. And they were saying, no. <laughs> we, it, it, you almost want to say that they knew he was the Messiah, but yeah. they were rejecting right. him yeah. as yeah. Messiah. And, uh, and that's what is, is being said of here as mm-hmm. the blasphemy against the Holy Spirit that's unforgivable, a rejection of Jesus. And I think, Andrew, like you said, we today, the only way that we can really experience that is if God gives us grace up until our last breath. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you stand before him after you die and you stand before his throne, you can't say, God, forgive me, forgive me. Like, that was our our life was our sh- was our chance right was our was our was our chance yeah what, what do you want to you wanted to add something to that joe uh no i i you guys just nailed it i i the only thing i would i'd say is understanding what the the ministry of the holy spirit has on earth and john 16 covers that jesus teaching his disciples before his death and resurrection says nevertheless i tell you the truth is it is expedient for you that i go away for if i go not away. I don't know what translation I copied from. (laughs) For if I go not away, that's confusing. If I don't go away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And just understanding what the ministry of the Holy Spirit is, it's to draw people to Jesus. Yes. And I love it in Matthew 12, it says, uh, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. Yeah. Like, thank you, Jesus, that you said that before the unforgivable sin. Yeah. Like every sin and <laughs> blasphemy will be forgiven. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. But not, not yeah. the rejection of the Holy Spirit yeah. and His ministry. The that con- that can't be forgiven. Yes. Um, and I think that's that's up to every person's individual free willed choice. Yeah. Like, who is Jesus to you? And I just 
got to teach that to the, the, the disciples. The disciples in junior high. <laughs> to your disciples. <laughs> the no. 12. <laughs> there were more than 12 last night. Oh, oh, man. No, I got to teach that to the kids last night when Jesus asked them, asked his disciples at Caesarea Philippi, what do people say that I am? And they went through, oh, you're John the Baptist, you're Elijah, or some of the other prophets. And then, like, that personal, like, who do you say that I am? Mm. That's where, like, that awesome yeah. free will choice comes into play. It's like, mm. ah, I love it. And then Peter's yeah. just so confident. It's just like, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. Yeah. You're the anointed one. We're, we're yours. And he's like, that's a beautiful. I love that little window into his ministry. Yeah. And then so quickly after, he's like, get behind me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like my relationship with the I Lord love all Peter. the time. I love, yeah. Yeah, it's like, man. Yeah. And I love that, it, like, again, every sin will be forgiven. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And I think for you listening, if you maybe are worried, like, am, like what, Andrew, what hope would, would you offer to the person who's maybe worried, like, have I committed this? Have I, like... Did I commit did, the yeah, unforgivable yeah, sin? Yeah. That's what I used to think, too, when I was a kid. Yeah. Like, have I done it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the hope would be, like, do you have breath in your lungs? Yeah. Are you still alive? Then accept Christ, believe in Jesus, and you shall That's, be saved. That's right. Like, that is the hope. You're not you're not too far gone as long as there's breath in your Amen. lungs, you know, you're alive. Mm. So yeah. there's no one that's too far gone that God can't save. But you know, there will come a day where that stops. I like how you highlighted that too, Joe, about hey, every every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven. Like and you brought up Peter. I mean, look at Peter. He denied yeah. Jesus three oh, times man. to his yeah. like yeah. in the presence of him and was forgiven. Oh, man, such grace. And so Or Saul of Tarsus who blasphemed the name of Jesus. Yes. Like by killing people and imprisoning yeah. those that followed the way and the grace of God. That yeah. I mean, he yeah. saved him, changed him, put him into ministry, you know, allowed him to serve, write a third of the New Testament. I mean, that's, that's grace. That's, that's God's grace. Yeah. yeah. So if you're like, man, have I committed the unpardonable sin? No, not yet. Yeah. Like, <laughs> keep fighting the good fight. Don't do, keep yeah. fighting the good fight. <laughs> I mean, I feel like these first two questions, the first one, living with sin, struggling with sin, and then this one go hand in hand. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I, I got to teach the kids last night also. Let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desi- desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. Yeah. And I, I love like being able to see just the simplicity of the Gospel right there is... It's denying your your flesh, denying your old self in order yeah. that you can follow him. That's like if you're if you're living that way, sure you may you may fall, you may mess up, you may sin, lie, whatever it is, but you just pick up your cross, mm-hmm. repent, and you press on and you continue following Jesus and you don't have to worry about the blessing yeah. of the Holy Spirit <laughs> being yeah, unforgiven. Yeah. Praise God for that. Yeah. So there there is hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's hope for the guilty heart. Yeah. He saves to the like a Hebrew says that he saves to the uttermost. Mm. He's able to save to the uttermost. So there's hope for you. So yeah. are you going to say something, Andrew? You got something? It's interesting. If you keep reading chapter four of Mark, where he's talking to the disciples, he says, but when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. And he said to them, to you, it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables so that seeing they may see and not perceive and hearing they may not hear and understand lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them it's interesting is that that sin of unbelief um, from the pharisees 
actually heart it continued to harden their heart like a mm-hmm. pharaoh type thing mm-hmm. where they continued to deny it and deny it and it just kept hardening them towards even when Jesus would continue to preach these parables to them it was you know mm-hmm. unperceivable they didn't understand it they were like this guy's nuts um he says but there was this grace to where these other these 12 and those that were with them understood and got to hear like mm-hmm. the secrets i mean the secrets and the mysteries of the kingdom i mean that's pretty yeah. cool so mm-hmm. Yeah, but thankfully, our God is a God who can take a heart of stone yeah. and can turn it into a heart of flesh. Yes. Right. You know, you, as Lord. long as there's breath in your lungs, there's hope for you. And so, if you haven't given your life to Christ, do it. Don't <laughs> wait. Yeah. <laughs> receive that grace. And if you're a Christian and you're like, oh, have I committed? Will I commit? Probably not. I probably. mean, you've accepted probably it. Not. You accepted it. So. Yeah. yeah, probably not. <laughs> there's going to be people in heaven that you're like, for reals? You're here? Holy <laughs> moly. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to be one of them. And it's like, really? That guy? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Like just the I mean, the thief on the cross. Yeah. What, what a story of grace. The guy could do nothing yeah. for Jesus. He couldn't go on a mission trip, couldn't go preach the gospel <laughs> to anybody. That's right. But he was offered. He understand, yeah. I think he understands a little bit more of grace than we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A life of ungodly, you know, yeah. of lawlessness and yes. instant paradise yeah uh, it's pretty it's beautiful cool. i love that picture too because it's when jesus says like you'll be in, in paradise with me it's like oh you'll get in by the skin of your teeth and you'll be in like the outer reaches of my kingdom like you'll be with jesus in paradise is what jesus yeah. says with me. all right well moving on into our last question for tonight this one this one's a, a conundrum. This one's a, <laughs> this one's a ponderer right here. <laughs> this question reads, what does the Bible say about overthinking and how can we overcome it? Overthinking. Andrew, do you, you struggle with overthinking? You, I don't yeah. want to overthink it. <laughs> this don't overthink it, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never been an overthinker. Um... I don't know. I'm not an overthinker so much as I am. I should think more, <laughs> you know, like I really should think a little bit more about what I'm doing uh, or s- about to say, but I do, I've, I've talked with a lot of young adults lately or, or younger people just like, they just have so many created scenarios, mm. like what if scenarios yes. in their head that become realities Whoa. and they haven't even made decisions yet. Yeah. So they're faced with a decision and they create um, all of these what if scenarios become like a new reality and it creates so much anxiety yeah. that they're frozen and like can't make a decision or something happens and they're like trying to figure out like why it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and these, a lot of times these are, these are, <laughs> these things are unknowable until you take a step in a direction. Mm-hmm. And so I think what, a lot of times the Bible encourages us to do it. My favorite one is like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Yeah. Like if you say yes, then do it. If you say no, then don't. Like it's it's one of those things where it's it's very um, cut and dry. I think a lot of times we create um, worry about things that haven't even happened yet. Mm-hmm. And it's like you're worried about things that don't exist. And so you ask yourself, like, are you scared of leprechauns? Well, Yes. If you saw the movie, yes, I'm terrified. <laughs> but like the obviously no because they don't exist, right? Like are you scared of <laughs> megalodon? A little bit, a little bit. 
But like, there's certain things that you're like, no, I'm not afraid of that because I know that they don't exist. Well, and the Meg did exist. I mean, <laughs> well, obviously, to get a historical over here, the Meg Let's was a dinosaur. Let's not overthink this one. It could still exist. <laughs> but if you're know. talking about like the recent, the Meg movie, where they awaken it. Where there's two Megs. Where there's two. Uh, spoiler alert. There's two <laughs> sharks. There's two sharks. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's a lot of times is like you're trying to, you're trying to figure out life. And so you're overthinking things and then you, you become so consumed with them that you can't actually make a decision. Mm-hmm. And at some point you have to trust in the sovereignty of God. Like mm-hmm. you have to make a decision and trust that God is sovereign and works things all together for his good and for our, you know, for our good and for his purposes. Yeah. So like, if you're overthinking, I think that's that one verse or what is that verse where he's like, I just said it, but in a paraphrase, what is yes that? Yes or no? SBS? Not the SBS, but like our, God works all things together for good. Oh, yes. Romans, Romans 8, 8. There you go. God works all things together for good. So if you believe that, at some point you have to make a decision and say God works all things together for good because I love him and I'm called according to his purposes. Mm-hmm. So um, if you do struggle with overthinking... I'm not going to just say just stop it, but at some point, why are you overthinking things? It's because you lack faith in God's love and God's God's power in your life? Is that why you're overthinking it? Because you don't want to make a mistake? And I think that's where, um, hey, mistakes are part of life. And if you live a mistake-free life, then you haven't lived at all. Mm -hmm. You know, you really haven't. And if you're always worried about making a mistake, then you will continue to be stuck and you won't ever move, mm-hmm. and nothing will ever happen to you, yeah. um, good or bad, because you, you're not doing anything. Yeah, so yeah. Um, not to say just stop it, but at the same time, like trust in your God. Trust that God is sovereign. And that, this is our conversations that have been coming up a lot lately. It's like, I want to do this. Well, okay, then do it. Well, I don't know how. Yes, you do. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's simple. Yeah. You read your Bible, walk with Jesus, pray, and live your life, like for the glory of God. And, yeah. And I think that's where um, people are getting tripped up. It's like, is it really that simple? Is it really that? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. God's that good. You, you think the problem is that we complicate simple things? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Pay the bill or not. Okay. Yeah. 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 Of course. Yeah. Like you know, I can I can speak from experience on this. This is something that I've personally struggled with. Yeah. In my life, just growing up, I've been a very um, sometimes like create scenarios in my head, very internal. I have, you know, not that I have like people talking to me, <laughs> you uh-huh. know, my, but I have like, you know, you run in your, when you, in your thoughts so, so much that yeah. you're just like trying to cover every base and, um, it can cause you to just not do anything because right. you're so terrified of making the wrong decision right. or if you'll, or if you're going to make the right one or not. And um, it reminds me a lot of when we, when we studied at Young Adults, we went through the book of Proverbs, and you taught a great um, message on how to make wise decisions. And if it's on the podcast, I would suggest, and you haven't heard it, listen to that study. Really good. But to quote you, <laughs> you said this awesome quote that, that was like, um, God doesn't care about what, <laughs> does, God doesn't care about what car you drive. He just wants you to get on the road, like what car you buy. <laughs> He's like, just buy a car and get on the road. He just wants you to move. God, yeah. do you want me to buy a, a Honda Civic yeah. or the Accord? Yeah. You just overthink it so much that you yeah. don't make a decision yeah. and you don't, you don't end up moving. And I think there is an element of faith um, that, I mean, God says that we're, we're called to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. 
and without faith it's impossible to please God. And one thing about faith is it always involves risk. Yeah. You will never know fully how it's going to turn out mm-hmm. because we're not God. And so in living every day by faith and making these decisions, you just have to, like you said, Andrew, trust the Lord, commit it to God. You know, I think a great thing to do, I mean, this question specifically says, what does the Bible have to say about overthinking and how can we overcome it? I mean, one of the one of the most like staple ones that you probably hear all the time is in Philippians 4, where he says, be anxious for nothing, mm-hmm. but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be na- made known to God. So, so don't be anxious, pray it, pray it out, give it to the Lord. And when you do that, there's this exchange that happens that as you commit it to the Lord and you speak it out and you got, say, God, I'm giving this to you. That it says in verse 7, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And I think that's super, that's huge for someone who struggles with overthinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when you give it to the Lord and you pray and you say, God, I'm, I'm giving this to you, there's a promise here that God's peace is going to guard your hearts. So your emotions, the core of who you are, you know, our emotions are roller coasters that go up and down and sometimes lead us into really bad scenarios. So the peace of God will guard your heart, but also your thoughts, your mind, the things that you think. And I love it because sometimes we can stop there on that verse and be like, oh, that's rad. But if you look at the next verse, look at what Paul says. He says, so finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And Paul kind of answers it. He says, hey, you struggle with overthinking? Well, it's because you're overthinking the wrong things. Yeah. Think about Scripture. Think about God. Think about Jesus. Think about incorporate these things into your life. I think that's super helpful is to take captive of your thoughts, like the Bible would say, and to plant scripture and prayer into your thoughts. If you're struggling with overthinking, start memorizing scripture and pray that scripture out. Mm -hmm. Think about those things. Implant that in your thoughts. Well, I you guys took on like the decisions aspect of <laughs> overthinking and I've never really had that struggle before in my own life. I I just make decisions and I'm like, sweet, let's do it. <laughs> let's go. Move to Maui? Are you sure? Okay, let's go. Go to Yucca for CBI? Okay, let's go. Uh-huh. I mean we prayed about it, me and my wife, and I never really overthought stuff as far as like decisions and life and things. I just but I I struggled definitely. When especially high school and a young adult age, and then the Lord brought my wife into my life, and I realized how much of an overthinker I was as far as relationships go, mm. and like socially, because like you, just, you say one wrong thing, and it's instantly like the person responds or looks a certain way, and you're like, oh, did I say something wrong? Oh, I remember one time yeah. in particular, uh, my father-in-law, I was just like beginning to to move into a relationship of dating with my wife at the time, and he didn't have work for like a month. And would you know, being a dad, a, a father, like not having work would be pretty discouraging. And I remember like going to their house on my day off and like hanging out. Yeah, hey, hey, what's up? What's up, Mike? How are you? And he's like, hey. And I'm like, oh no, am I here too much? Does he not want me to date his daughter? What is he? Okay. All right, Tori, can we, can we go for a walk? Like, let's get coffee or something. Let's get out of here. Like I just instantly like engaged into this overthinking of like, he's mad at me. Yeah. And I'm like, Tori, is your dad mad at me? And she's like, I don't know. Why? Why do you ask? Like, he didn't really say hi to me like he normally does. 
And she's like, mm, I don't think, I mean, yeah. I'll ask him if he's mad at you, but I don't know why he would be. And so it's funny, like, that, how that whole, like, story pans out is, like, she went to Mike, and his response was, like, why does Joe think he has such a big impact on my life? Who does he think he is? <laughs> Who do you think you are, dude? Who do you think you are? And she comes back, and she tells me, like, in essence, like, what he said about yeah. me. I'm like, oh, yeah. So yeah. It's actually a pretty good point. Like, yeah. why should... Why should he care what if I'm you know yeah, he like so he's told me he loves me yeah and he he like wanted me to date his daughter and like I mean he's a, a great guy and for me to think like oh no he's mad at me yeah. it's like I just instantly got on the bandwagon of beginning to overthink and and when I heard that question um, that was instantly what I thought like socially and yeah. uh, I think for the person who struggles with relationships and overthinking like oh no like my friends aren't calling me back or I didn't get a response from that text message like instantly I haven't even seen the, the dots showing me that they're responding <laughs> yeah. or like we need to recognize that you know yeah. the world doesn't revolve around us and yeah. having that understanding of like I'm just another person I don't have like this amazing like monumental role in another person's life that if I say one wrong thing, their whole life changes right, right. because of me. And a verse that I think goes along with that is in the Beatitudes, the first one, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Like recognizing that in and of myself, I'm not that big of a deal. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, that was like revolutionary. My, my father-in-law just brought that to the surface of, my, of the, the pride that I had in my heart. Like, oh no. Because, you know, that's an aspect of pride to think like, oh, I made him mad because of something I did or something I said or like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Like, you just need to move on and just, <clears throat> like you said, just make a decision, move on with your life and don't think you're <laughs> such a great big deal. And that was yeah. like, and, you know, like being married to my wife now and she's, she's just such a great refiner of that pride that is naturally in my heart, just like. She yeah. helps me just recognize it and be able to cut it away. Yeah. Because like in and of myself, I think like, yeah, you know, I am kind of a big deal. Yeah. Like if I say something good for those people, their life is radically encouraged. But right. I, on the same note, like I can like radically discourage people, which is true in essence. But like to, to overthink and think like, oh man, I'm so, so stupid, I'm a bad guy, I'm an idiot, dummy. <laughs> like don't let the enemy, like I need to be sure that I don't allow the enemy to have that kind of uh, effect in my own brain. Mm, and so I don't yeah. get on the bandwagon of overthinking. I trust that the Lord's going to use all things for good uh, because I know that he loves me and I love him and he's in control of my life and my heart. And so, like, I don't overthink stuff anymore. I just, <laughs> sometimes I just say stuff on my wife will come along and be like, did you really think about what you said? I'm like, nope. <laughs> so there's an aspect I've of that now. I've been set free. <laughs> well, say like, what well, I want. Well, no, I think uh, you bring up a good point. Like self-consciousness yeah, is the, a form of sin because mm -hmm. it's exactly that. You are super conscious of yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I never thought of that before. Wow. It's like it is. It's You're so focused on you and what people think of you that it, Wherever you go, everyone's looking at you like some kind of form of weird Truman Show type thing. Yeah. Where every, there's hidden cameras and everyone's watching your your life on a screen. It's like, no, no, it's not. My wife and I just had that discussion. Like, isn't it crazy how many people there are in the world mm -hmm. and how that makes you like so small. Insignificant. But yet God loves you and cares yes. for you and is so involved in you and, yes. and all that. But it's like... Why do I think so much about myself? Too highly. <laughs> yeah. That movie yeah. scarred me. Truman Show, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. I remember seeing that as like a young kid and thinking like, oh, there's cameras everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody knows about this. This is not real. Me, but it's not real. Like I still, sometimes I struggle like, does everybody care about me? I don't want people to care about <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're all yeah. running after him because he's trying to escape. Yeah. Drew, man. Well, I think it, I like sh- social media has completely oh, yeah. made us consumed with ourselves. Totally. So now you're overthinking... Not just what people say in a personal context, but now through a screen and through through a text, through comments, through likes, through all yeah. of that, now you're battling those things that for sure aren't real and don't matter, but yet it consumes our, our minds so much to think about, well, you know, how come they didn't like this? And how come they yeah. didn't, you know, why would they comment that? And how come, you yeah. know, now you're like... It's even heightened it even more. I only um, got 20 thumbs ups. 20 thumbs up. Yeah. Oh, I recently I just deleted my Instagram. I mean, I haven't been on it in three years. <laughs> but to know that it's, Still. it's forever deleted, it's like, <laughs> it was kind of liberating. It was yeah. very exciting for me. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. No, you know, no condemnation to those of you on sure. uh, social yeah. media. Totally. But man, it is. It's a battle now to where you can be. Well, sometimes it can it can be fuel for the fire of yeah. overthinking, and yeah. it can be the wrong wrong stuff, you know. Right. Um, and I think you know to to answer to what this question says, how can we? What does the Bible say about overcoming it? Yeah. And um, you know something, a verse that really stood out to me that was really sweet is in Psalm ninety four verse nineteen. It says, "When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, mm. your your consolations delight my soul." Mm. And it's um, this, you know, I mean, when you look at the psalmists, you know, it's, I mean, it's David, it's Asaph, it's some of them are written by Solomon, some of them are written by all these different people, most of them by David. But I mean, these guys, these guys dealt with overthinking yeah, and in a huge way. And you see it in their writings, you see it in the Psalms. But what's so beautiful is that they wrote the stuff down. And I think there's like, I think there's power that comes in overcoming something like this that is very mentally is when you purposefully write stuff down, journal your prayers, journal your reading, journal your your cares, the things that you're going through. Because as you process them sometimes that way, sometimes you're like like the psalmist who's like, man, woe is me. Nobody cares about me. God, the unjust are are thriving and the the righteous are suffering. But then you see towards the end of the psalm it says, but Lord... You, you know, yeah. until I came into the house of the Lord mm. and, and there's a turn with God hears my cry. And I think at, even as we kind of like, you know, having a relationship with God, it's awesome. It's free therapy. <laughs> no, it really is. Yeah. Totally. You don't have to pay money for it. You know, you pour out your cares to them, to, to God. And, and as you pour them out, sometimes you realize, man, this isn't really that big of a deal, you know, or you, you realize like, man, I'm just thinking way too highly of myself, (laughs) you know, and then you kind of come to a close and you're like, God, thank you. You're still in control, Lord. I'm going to choose to set my hope on you. I'm going to choose to set my thoughts on you. I'm going to choose to, you know, get that transaction. I'm going to give you my cares, my anxieties, my prayers, and I'm going to let the peace of God rule in my heart and in my mind. And I think, you know, I can say this from personal experience because this year I just recently started doing it is writing and journaling mm-hmm. um, my, my devotion time and my prayers and scriptures that God gives me. And that really helps process a lot of 
as somebody who does struggle with overthinking, that really helps yeah. me out because it puts in place those thoughts. I start overthinking good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I start overthinking, man, what, what if you overthought on your salvation and yeah. like Jesus and the good that he's done in your life and, and what we have? Like, what if, what if we just turned the tide and we use what the enemy intended for evil in our life and we turn it for good? Like, yeah. you just take that and you, yeah. you know, Love it. just turn it on him. Having, mm-hmm. having now thought about it and talked about it, I do struggle with overthinking. <laughs> now that, now that I think about it, I do struggle with overthinking. All right. Well, that's... Dang it. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Oh, man. I thought I was doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, cool. so... I don't know. So maybe we can close. Is there, are there practical ways? Some verses, Joe, that I think you turned um. something... I mean, there's no, like, thou shalt not overthink, and this is yeah. how you overcome it. But <laughs> yeah. I think there, a great example was John the Baptist's ministry when Jesus began to come into the picture. Like, I mean, just remember John the Baptist. He had a fruitful ministry. People were coming to him to get baptized. And then Jesus gets baptized by him, begins his ministry, and now people begin to follow uh, Jesus instead of John. And it's awesome because in, in John chapter uh, 3, John's disciples come to him and tell him, like, make him aware. Hey, people are starting to follow Jesus. And John says, he who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoice greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. And then verse 30 is great. He must increase, but I must decrease. And just recognizing, like, that's our relationship with Jesus when we repent of our sins, we put our faith in him and begin this spiritual walk with him through our life. Like it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And as I become more like devoted to him in my, my prayer, like you're talking about, like allowing those things that build up in your heart and you have no other outlet unless, and besides just laying it at the feet of Jesus and saying, help me. Like you continue to do that. Jesus begins to grow stronger in your heart. And I think that's how we overcome those those aspects of overthinking, whether it's anxiousness or decisions that you have to make or like socially relationships. If you just reckon your own self dead and you allow Jesus to be the person who's leading you and directing you, it's it's a great, like that's a great tool in the hands mm-hmm. of, of God. Like we're, we become no longer people who are like concerned about what people think or concerned about all that stuff that binds us and enslaves us. And we're just tools in the hand of a, a yeah, we're servants. master carpenter yeah yeah we're servants yeah. and we we're just we're just doing what the master tells us that's right you know that's right there's a good a good friend of ours here on staff that probably gave me some of the best advice this year he told me he's like you know what zach you care too much mm-hmm. he's like <laughs> yeah he's like care too just much. just stop caring what other people think yeah and just serve mm-hmm. just serve people you know, don't like lay down your rights, just like yeah. Jesus laid down his rights for That's you right. and humbled himself and serve and don't over that. Yeah, I, I oh, think, man, I think it just plays into that. It's just like, it is hard to, it is hard. Like, I don't know. It's that it is hard to not overthink things. Yes. Because it's, there's no, there's no cut and dry, easy no, answer. Just no. like one day to another. We look at Jesus before he went to the cross. I mean, how many times he went to prayer and he's sweating with like such intensity. It's like his, the capillaries in his forehead are breaking. I mean, talk about stressed out about decisions and like what's next and what's ahead of him. And like, I mean, if he, which he did, he felt everything that every human had to feel. He felt that weight of like, fear of what's about to happen. I just can't even, 
imagine that, like knowing exactly what's about to take place and having to like, you know, walk in that and walk in that in obedience to the Lord. And like, man, that would be, I, can you imagine if you knew exactly what was going to happen next, Mm -hmm. how fearful you might be in your life? Like, like (laughs) if you knew what pain or what trial awaited you, like you had a PDF printout of everything, everything that's going to happen next um, in your life, how much more anxiety and how much more fear that would create because you couldn't escape it. You couldn't go around it. You knew that those things were coming. And so it is, it's hard to overthink like, but I, I think one of the things that we try to avoid as much as possible in, in life is pain mm-hmm. and suffering or difficulty. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that we try to escape and avoid heartache and so, and yeah. heartache. And you're yeah. like, wh- how can I avoid these things? And I think that's one of the things we over overly process and overthink is mm-hmm. like, I want to escape this difficulty or I want to escape this pain or I want to get by this. I, I don't want to enter into that. So how can I get out of that? Yeah. When all around, you know, the only way through it or is to, the only way to get past it is to go through it and yeah. you got to experience it. Yeah. And so well, God uses it. He God uses it. Yeah. suffering. And I think that's how we as Christians grow. Yeah. You make a decision and then maybe it turns out weird or you, not what you thought. And you're like, oh, but you got to remember God's in control and yeah. he's, he's sovereign and he's, he even uses those bad decisions. Bad decisions. Yeah. And he, that, yeah. Yeah. That, that reminds me of what, uh, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians about the thorn in the flesh. Like he asked the Lord three times that this thing that was buffeting him would be removed. And uh, the Lord responds to him and says, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect Hmm. in weakness. And that's just like, that's something what you guys are talking about just totally reminds me of like, we're people and God allows things to happen, difficulties, pain, heartache, struggle. He allows those things in order that we would be more aware of our need for him. And that we would find strength because of his grace. Mm-hmm. Our yeah. weakness is made, like, his strength is made strong through our weakness. And yeah. I love that. I like yeah, that it's, it's not, like, contingent upon me and my performance. It's his grace working, like, amazingly in my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do not overthink this question on overthinking. <laughs> I overthought it already. I already, I went way overboard. I, now that I think about it, I overthink. Thanks a lot. Whoever asked this question. <laughs> Gosh. Oh, it's so good. It's so great. <laughs> I was doing great. Well. But here we are. Yes. No, that's good. It's a good question. It is. And it's, yeah. Well, closing it out. Yeah, I know. Thanks so much for listening to Lightning Rounds, guys. And thanks for sending in your questions. We, we I mean, we're super blessed by them. And um, we know that. These questions, there's there's a lot more to them sometimes, um, and so um, we're praying for you, and we love you guys. Yeah, we really do. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're thinking, hey, I got a I got a real good question too. Send it to us in our Instagram at refuge underscore sjc. Send us a message. Maybe we'll throw it in our next episode. There's a couple of questions that we haven't gotten to that were sent in are pretty good, and uh, oh. looking forward to those. But. As we close off this uh, December 3rd, ninth episode. Ninth episode. Ninth episode All of right. Lightning Rounds. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Joe, for being here. Yeah. It was a blessing, you guys. It's cool. cool. Thanks for guys. telling us where you get off to. And, uh, <laughs>
<laughs> Nino Las Ramblas, Beach City. <laughs> Go drive by Dolini. Oh, yeah. Looks so good. Yeah. Any last words from you guys? Anyone? Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. <laughs> I was waiting for <laughs> And a happy new year. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Oh, oh man. Gives me chills just thinking Scarred about it. Me. <laughs> <laughs> awakening past insecurities. I know. I've suddenly become so self-conscious. They're uh, uh, watching. Your, I mean, your phone is listening to you. Your watch is listening to you. Lightning rounds people are listening to us now. Yeah, we are. Uh, hey, if you feel like it, feel free to give us a review. No, uh, you know, feel free to uh, you know tell your friends about <laughs> yeah. this podcast. You know, you know, do, no pressure. No condemnation, yeah. but feel free to do so. Uh, let us know that you're out there. That would be wonderful. Yep. That would be, we'd be so blessed. Unless it's a criticism, then keep your opinion to yourself. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Please and thank you. No one cares about it. <laughs> Don't overthink that so comment either. Don't overthink it. <laughs> oh, so great. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you all on the next episode of Lightning Rounds. See ya. See ya. See ya.